You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi everybody, Russ from my Hammers Eleven. Hope you're safe and well. Nah, I can't bother to do the rest of the intro. We've got Stuart Slater today. There we go. Usually, Stu, I do a big like spiel. Hi, Russ. Make sure you subscribe and da da da. But I, I just, I just want to chat to you. Um, for those of you, obviously, you know Slate. Slate's played you know, 179 appearances, 18 goals, five years at the club, um, and is does a lot of the corporate stuff still at West Ham and stuff like that as well. Well, obviously, when we had fans in the stadium, that was fun. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how are you, Stu? How's things well, going, man? Russ. Oh, good, Russ. Yeah, good. Not too bad. Thank you. In these times, you know, difficult times, you know, yeah. missing going down at the uh, London Stadium, dare I say it, you know, but missing watching a West Ham game. Yeah, Because exactly. obviously the last 15, 20 years I've been doing this ambassador role, so yeah, it's, yeah. Uh, it's quite weird, quite weird. It is, yeah, it is strange. It is very, very strange. I mean, it's weird being there because obviously I'm one of the 300 that are there, so it's really weird just sitting there and it's just so deathly quiet it's but you get you get to watch the game do you russ do you get to yeah, watch the game? I mean, yeah because yeah, I, I do the music there so it's like i've done it for 20 years now yeah. so it's uh yeah they yeah. still obviously need iron forever brain bubbles being played so they so um, remember that so they know it they're at london stadium or anything that must be what it is but uh yeah, um, yeah. but yeah. i get car park space totally weird is it is oh you wouldn't normally though would you Fuck no. Oh, you would? Okay. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I'm, not, I'm not that important to you, but yeah, I get car parks. But no, yeah. it's um, it's it's all good. But yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah, it's, it's weird, no fans being there. I mean, obviously, when you watch when you watch it on the telly, are you a crowd noise on or off type person at the moment? I'm a crowd noise on, yeah. I think even when, when I came through the ranks uh, in the youth games, you know, over at Chad Weave. Yeah. I'm sure there was probably 50 to 150 people, maybe 200 people there. So it wasn't until uh, 14, 15 that there was no real spectators when I was playing as a kid. But, you know, 16, 17, 18, I always had two, 300 people watching us. Um, 
Yeah, I just love the atmosphere. I just love being it, and um, you know, it's like a practice match on a yeah. Thursday when you when you you know obviously preparing for a game on a Saturday, and the, you know you can hear every shout, and you can hear every moan, and you can hear every groan and moan from other players. Why didn't you pass in? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Why <laughs> you greedy so and so? You get all that. Um, yeah, yeah. I just love the atmosphere. Atmosphere. Yeah. The, the adrenaline drunk. Yeah, so I know. So I miss it. Yeah, I miss that. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It is it? It's strange, not having that. But um, but I no. mean, it's it, you know, it's good that we do have football, though. Do you know what I mean? Because it just means we've got something different to moan about. Do you know what I mean? God, dear, if we didn't have football now, I mean, that time when it was locked down for uh, sort of three months, four months, and no football, I think everyone was going. You know, obviously, everyone was going driving themselves yeah. mental, you know, no sport, no football, no this, no that. You know, so at least we've got some football that we can look forward to, albeit no no people at the stadiums, but, um, you know, this weekend, you know, what a fantastic Tottenham, you know, amazing, yeah. you know, something to look forward to. And we're yeah. in good form as well, so, you know, and they're in good form, so, you know, you've got something to look forward to for your weekend. You do, you do. And actually, it's funny because I was speaking to a lot of people and, and, and everyone's really confident for the Tottenham game. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I don't remember that being confident for ages. Well, obviously, you know, there we say, um, I think Moyes has found a little bit of a formula, you know, mm. probably working hard, the, the players that work hard. I mean, as you can see, you know, he's got a formula. He's got Antonio, who's been um, um, unbelievable. Fornells has done a great job. Suchet's come in. Bowen's doing well. Um and you wouldn't have picked them. Um, you've got the Andertons, Lanzinis, Hallers, you know, big money people. Mm. But obviously, he's found a he's found a way of getting results and playing a good yeah. way as well. Yeah, you're right. So, and it's, yeah, it's full credit to him. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's it's working. And as you said, you know, it's it's given people like Aaron Cresswell a lifeline in like a resurgence in his career. I think Masuaku, who we used to sort of. A bit of a joke player, really. And he's come in and he's like done absolute bits since he started there. And, yeah. you know, the fact the fact when he was, you know, he came back from international duty early because he was injured and we're all shitting ourselves. Like, you know, we wouldn't mm. be shitting ourselves six months ago that Masuaku was injured. I, I don't think anyone ever doubted his ability because no. what a left foot and he's got some tidy ability. You know, he's good with his feet and he's got a great delivery. Um you know, it was just him being isolated on that, you know, if it was a wing back or a left back, isolated yeah. to, you know, because, you know, I think everyone found out that Anderson was a fantastic player. But if he was playing down that side, Mazzi never got any support no. or help at all. So um, now he's got the Cresswell behind him. I think it gives him that sort of luxury. Right, OK, I'll try and help as and when. But, mm. you know, going forward, he's got, you know, he's got, got a fair ability, you know, some yeah. good ability. No, it's a good point, man. It's a good point. Anyway, all the other YouTubers do all the do all the current stuff. I do nostalgia. That's that's. I mean, you say. I mean, you say the other day about you know about just now about you know people sort of you know, scraping at the walls when there was no sport. My channel came up and everyone and that's how I started it. So there we go. So it's you know out Fair of them, out, So there we go. Oh, you see, yeah. yeah. Going back and looking initiative, at all nostalgia. Yeah. Your initiative. Yeah. Initiative. Yeah. Like Full thinking. Forward thinking, Forward thinking, exactly. I need, we all need a little bit of that, don't we? 
yeah now we're at five over five thousand subscribers and almost 200 guests it's it's a bit mental it's a bit mental anyway let's talk about you thank you very much let's talk about you because that's why people have tuned in um not to talk about how great my channel is but to talk about you and Mm -hmm. as i said as i said before we started you know a lot of people picking you in their in their 11s julia i think it's about 10 percent, and we've interviewed almost 200 people so you know although it's 20 it's still it's a lot considering it's the players that have come through the um the, yeah the, the, the books at west ham and um and and it's quite funny in recent the last few interviews you, you've cropped up loads and you know not only obviously with play with fans but with players as well and so um i was that's why i was really pleased that we could that the agent agent steve jones could could get this all sorted out which was good, good yeah love jonesy god bless him i hope you're sorting him out <laughs> yeah 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 well yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> i'll have don't, to pop go, down go and go go and go in his shop yeah go and buy yeah, some we'll stuff go Retro, the retro shack at uh, Battlesfield. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll have to go down there. Yeah. My wife wants to go down there for some antiques, so I did say I'll go there. Um, so obviously, you know, for, for those of you who don't know Stuart's career, maybe the, the, the less experienced fans, I call them, not the young ones, but the less experienced fans. Um, Stu, you were academy graduate, you know, I think you saw, was it 86 you signed? Apprentice forms? Yeah, 80, 85, 86, yeah, that season where um, the club did really well, finished third. Fantastic, yeah. yeah. So I'd, I'd been to the club, um, I'm a schoolboy for a couple of years, two or three years. Um, obviously living in Suffolk at the time, Suffolk and Essex border, just on the Essex border. Um, it was very difficult for me to get down during the week when I was a schoolboy. Mm-hmm. Um, so John Lyle, Ronnie Gow, Eddie Bailey, they were magnificent. I was able to come down in half terms and train with the youth team. And if the youth team weren't there, then the reserves, the reserves were there, John Lyle. Even wow. let me train with the first team. It's amazing. Wow. And I was a schoolboy at 14, 14, 15, 16. That's mental. Amazing. I was, talk, I was talking, as I said to you before we started, I was talking to Pat Holland um, the other day, and, and he spoke about John Lyle when he was um, when he was sort of the youth team coach, really, uh, and Pat's had just started. And even at 17, Lyle saw something in Pat Holland and made him go and do coaching, coaching like the 13s or 14s. And to do that with you at 15, 14, 15, training with the first team, fucking hell, wait, that's yeah. awesome. Well, I think, obviously, Russ, that, you know, if you impressed John Lyle, I mean, I, I had something that obviously impressed him. I think it was me skill, me ability, you know, he, he knew yeah. that I had, decent ability and decent skill and they were slight he just believed in me and that's all i needed somebody like that you know to give me that of course he was hard and he's firm and he's fair but sure um my goodness he, he knew he wouldn't so in a little so if it was a, a big game on a full-size pitch when i was 14 i probably wouldn't have been able to cope but any sort of small-sided games keep balls five sides um, passing drills, any sort of drills, he knew I wouldn't have been out my depth, and mm. so he he wouldn't he wasn't frightened to go here, yeah, come and try with the first team lad, and you know for a fourteen year old lad, oh, oh my goodness, it was just and you know those little bits are you, they stay with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. What he did, and you know you look at yourself now and you go, geez, I. You look at nineteen year olds and twenty, oh, give me an opportunity trying with the first team, but I was fourteen, fifteen, still at school. And to, for somebody to have that faith in me with the caliber of, of a coach and knowledge of John Lyle, you know, it was just, oh, incredible. 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely amazing. And I mean, you know, I mean, obviously, yeah, you said you, said you started at your apprentice as 85, 86, and you made your debut when you were still an apprentice as well, I think, in 87, wasn't it? I, think yes. you came on for, yeah. I did my yeah. homework. You came on for Ray, you know, Stuart, and, yeah. and um, that must have been, when we, but even before then, when you were at school, was it always going to be West Ham? Or was there any, any inkling no, of anyone else? No, not at all. Well, Ipswich were the, the top team and Ipswich yeah. was closer. Ipswich was closer than West Ham was, albeit yeah. Ipswich was about 20-odd miles from where I was living. West Ham was about 40 miles. So they were the two closest clubs. But at nine years of age, they got hold of me already because um, I was living in the Sudbury area. So Ipswich, they, I was trying in Ipswich at nine and that was in the Bobby Robson era where they won the FA Cup, the UEFA Cup. They yeah. finished runners-up. Um, very close to winning the title several times, so they were a real big team. And Bobby Robertson at the time, even then, at 9, 10, 11, was offering me a deal at, you know, schoolboy forms, then pro forms, even at that level, you know, before I saw school. But um, along came, I, I moved from a club in Sudbury um, to a, a team called Lions, Roy Knightsbridge. I played a year above Mr. He was the manager. And what an inspiration for he was to me with my dad, obviously, my dad. Um, but they were the best sort of side in sort of Essex. And I was playing a year above myself. And uh, they were attracting scouts left, right and centre. So I was still at Ipswich. But we signed a boy called Jason Dazelle. I don't know if you know of him, but Jason yeah, Dazelle, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tottenham, yeah. Ipswich and all that. He was six foot three, six foot four when he was 13 so every club was following him so I went to this club at Langham Lions and West Ham were really interested in him and this particular game Ronnie Gale came with Eddie Bailey and they've gone to my manager Roy Nice which who's the little boy there you know he's he's decent but he's a bit small he said oh you might not get him because he's switch oh really and he's playing a year above him so really he's playing a year let us have him let us have him some you know, if it weren't for Ronnie Gale, Eddie Bailey at that time, who were doing the groundwork, you know, they really made a beeline yeah. for me and gone, hang on a minute, you know, we can't let Ipswich have him. We've got, yeah. we've got to get him. And to be fair, they did everything in their power and it was just such an easy choice. Easy yeah, choice. Yeah. At, you know, 11, 12 to go, hang on a minute, I'm going to go down there. Brilliant. They exactly. Were, you know, they were... Yeah. They were I mean, where you talk about little touches, where I said about little touches going down to West Ham and training with the first team, but, mm. you know, it was just looking after me. So they get me tickets for games and all that, and my family were welcome. And then after the game, Ronnie Gale, Eddie Bailey, will let me go down in the first team changing room and get some autographs or introduce me to some of the players. Wow. You know, I was at 12th, and I've gone, this club absolutely wants me more than... You know yeah. that feeling in life, Russ. When you really feel wanted and really where you, you don't feel neglected. Uh, you, and that was all that pyramid. That, and that was the West Ham way, you know, where they had yeah. Eddie Bailey, Ronnie Gale, the scouts, Tony Carr, Ronnie Boyce, Mick McGiven, John Lyle. You know, they know they know how to look after and they know how to sell the club and that family club and the way they play. It was amazing. Yeah, fucking hell. Brilliant people. So, good people. Yeah, yeah good people. Good people. Yeah, good people, mm. and and it's just and it's funny. It's like it's the same. It's not like it was. Not to make you sound special, Stu, but when I've interviewed other people who have gone to the academy, it was like what they did. You know, as you said, it was it was making them feel, you know, wanted, and it was like home and those little those little bits and oh, 
Lovely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely lovely. Man. Uh, in, in, by, by all those sort of people that I've mentioned, you know, I'm so grateful for those sort of people. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day, right, I was a small nine stone youngster from Suffolk mm. that joined the um, the playing staff in 85, 86, 16 years of age. And everybody's gone, this boy's got unbelievable talent, but he's too small. He's too lightweight. Yeah. But they all believed in me. All yeah. believed in me and gave me the opportunity. And as you said, I played 179 games. I was grateful, you know, to put that claret shirt on and yeah. the badge and play for that club. You know, and it's yeah. easy for me to say that now, but I mean, you know, I mean, I know you're going to probably ask me for more questions about obviously how I, how I came to leave. And I, I can do, tell you about that later on. No, I'm not going to ask you about how you leave. No, <laughs> no. No. Because this is all West Ham. Yeah, this is all West Ham. So, I, I, I mean. Right, Russ, I could have. I had a four year deal on the table. Obviously, yeah. you know, instead of 179 games, I could have been 350, 400 games. You know, don't like looking back, but, um, you know, that's, that, that probably is a. Is a you know where you go? God, dear. when you leave a club like West Ham, so special like that, it's all the things that we described. It's probably not like that elsewhere, and no. the style of play and the people that are involved. So, yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, it just touching on that. I mean, you know, it's, it was Celtic, wasn't it? You know, fucking hell. You know, it's like I mean, it'd be funny. It's like it was Liam Massive Brady club, yeah. at Celtic, and so you know, yeah, relatively still a young, club. you were still a, still a young man, weren't you? Really? And it's like, yeah, I was 20, 23, 22, 23, Yeah. So, fuck it, you know, yeah, it's like young. it's like it's one of those things, and it's a big like, club. Yeah. Yeah. But within a, within a year of being at that club, I, you know, I got my brother on to phone up to Harry and can I come back? <laughs> and I think Harry said, if I if I'll be getting the, you know, I'll be getting people in the sixties keep them coming back. I just had Dixie and people coming back left, right, and centre. He said, "I can't have Stuart <laughs> coming back." That's a good but, point. Yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We had, we did have quite a few people. I called, you know, someone I'm talking to you soon is going to do an eleven called the Boomerang Eleven. So the ones <laughs> that are going to come back, and it's actually quite yeah, easy, yeah. really. When you look at it. It's like even, yeah. you know, even they said Julian and Don and and people and Tony and yeah, yeah some good yeah, ones, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, even Steve, Steve Jones, even Steve Jones. We forgot yeah. about Jonah. Sorry, Jonesy. sorry, Jonah. Yeah. Please go yeah. to the Retro Shack and, and buy something from him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and obviously, you know, since the, uh, during that period, you know, as you, as you said, 179 games, um, you know, you, you obviously under under 20, under 21s, you've got a few, few sort of sub appearances for under 21s as well, which is amazing isn't yeah, it, yeah. to represent your country. Yeah, and a couple of big, big caps, a couple big of big caps, caps yeah. as well, which... So yeah, very proud at the time, and um, yeah, once again, Russ, it, what could have been? What could have been? Yeah, you but know, I think um, you had, yeah, I, yeah, I, I get that, I get that totally. But I, feel, I mean, I think I mean, that, I, that, go on, carry mate. I think people, have, I think people have always said, I mean, with the ability that you had and what you did in those first four or five seasons with West Ham, you mm. underachieved, and I agree, totally agree. Um, Obviously, I said to you, it's a privilege to play so many games for West Ham and a pro football. You know, I ended up playing four or five hundred games of pro football. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I try and look back at your career and go, yeah, take the positives, fantastic positives. But people don't realise I had five operations um, from when I left West Ham, um, and from the last year West Ham, I developed this Achilles problem, and every year in my pro career, and I finished up, I couldn't 
play. I was breaking down every pre-season because of my kellys and my calves. Because mm-hmm. I had high, high arches in my feet, um, and I ran on my toes, and it was just the way I was born, really. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. with the medical science now and sports science now, possibly they could have fixed it. We tried all the means and ways of fixing it, but orthotics, injections. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until I got until I was 30, 31, I had operations and I had two operations and they found a piece of bone it floating in my ankle, which was so big that was causing all that pain for the last seven years, eight years. Jeez. And that, you know, and I had tendonitis bursitis on my Achilles all the time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, pe- people have said, you know, why, what happened when you left West End last and um, you know, I had five five operations after that, and I only played probably two hundred games after from twenty three to thirty two. I played two hundred two hundred games in the first five years of my pro career, but in the last sort of ten years, I've played the same. Uh, yeah, but, and you're right, and it's like I mean, even on even when you remember your your first start. Um, Southampton, I think it was an eighty-eight. You had a clash of heads and had to go off after a minute, didn't you, or something like that? If I remember correctly, with, I did. With, yeah, uh, with Osman, oh, wasn't it? Yeah, Russell Osman. Yeah, Russell Osman. Welcome to the uh, real world. You know, yeah. young centre forward come and it was an elbow, and I had blood coming out my ear. I had blood oh, coming out my ear, and geez. obviously when, so um, I was a bit concussed days. But after that, I think West Ham had well, obviously they did have the best with my fitness. Because I didn't miss too many games after no, that. No, no, no. I played a lot of games where we're talking about four or five years. You know, yeah. we played nearly two hundred games. I would imagine with all the other bits and pieces in four or five. So you're talking fifty, sixty games a season we were playing in those days. We reached quarterfinals, semi-finals, the cups. You know, we we had big cup runs, big cup runs yeah. in every year that was yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, he did, and obviously, you so know, not everyone only famous... the league games, not not. No, you're no, you're, to- you're totally right. It was, it was. You've had lots of. There was a lot of cup runs, and obviously, you know, everyone talks about you know your 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 performance of that Everton game. Um, you know, which was which. I, actually, I was watching some of the old stuff over again, and I was <laughs> I was watching some funny old. You know that that volley was it Sunderland that volley um, where um, where Eamon's nodded onto you and um, yeah, and obviously, you know, I I was I was reading an article you, you said about. Um, that uh, was it. The Sheffield United was it. Sheffield United game. You was your best game. You reckoned you played for West Ham. Was it Sheffield yeah. United. I think a lot of people have come up. Uh, yeah, we won five nil. And Jimmy yeah. Quinn always, even now, Jimmy Quinn does the ambassador role with me, and he scored yeah, that. Yeah, and yeah. he said on that particular game, he he didn't get man the match. He didn't get man the match. He's gone out that trick. But I set four goals up, and I know the. Um, the right back was Chris Wilder, the Sheffield United manager. Yeah, and he he was so uh, you know gracious after the game. He shook me hand after the game, and he said, "That's the closest I've been to you all game because I did I I, I ran him ragged. I had a game in my life." He's brilliant. And I think because it was on Sky, it was against Everton. Yeah. Um, Sorry, mate. I am in sleepy Suffolk. The wife, great. <laughs> it's all right. Don't be silly, man. Don't yeah. be silly. Sleepy Suffolk. No, you... Sorry. Sleepy Suffolk. No, I, I love Suffolk. It's sleepy. I'm, 
I love it. I go there every year, at least two or three times. We like to, well, we go, not Suffolk, we go, yeah, yeah no, it's more Norfolk, more Norfolk I go to. Where? Right, North. I go to, go to Caster on Sea. Just make sure that my mum's not on the Wi-Fi. That's it. <laughs> now, one minute, sorry. <laughs> mum, you're what not on the saying? Wi-Fi, yeah? Because <laughs> you're not on it. No, no, no. <laughs> That's what we have to do, Ross. Oh, bless you. Bless you. That's it. You yeah, the Wi-Fi is, if someone else is, if someone else is using the Wi-Fi, it's a nightmare. Someone else is using the Wi-Fi. It's, who's been using all the Wi-Fi up today? It's like the hot water when you've, you, are you going to switch the immersion heater on? I've got to run a bath. But yeah, no, I know what you mean. Um, no, it's, it's all fun and games. Yeah. Now, um, now, what I was going to say was, yeah, obviously that Everton game, everyone said, yes, yeah, could it be in Sky? And, you know, obviously you scored and it was just, and then obviously that led to the semi-final. And if I didn't talk about the semi-final, that everyone would probably rinse me for not talking about it. Now, what was it like playing in that game? What was it like, that semi-final? Because, it, you know, obviously it was going well for about 20 minutes. Oh, Russ, um, Cause you. Can you, can, can you, sorry, mate. Yeah. And um, yeah. And um, that game, obviously the build up, I think it was Arsenal, Arsenal Tottenham at Wembley. I think it was, or was it? Yeah. It was Tottenham were definitely well, Wembley, we guys scored the goal. And everyone was, uh, yeah. you know, a bit miffed why, why we couldn't play at Wembley um, at that time, because Villa, I don't know if you, Villa Park, great, great stadium, but the surface weren't that great. Um, so we saw that, I think it was, I don't know if it was on before or afterwards, but there was a little bit of... So leading up to it, obviously, not in a throw, they were top, top side. They were in those days as well with Cluffy, um, Roy Keane, Des Walker, Stuart Pearce, some top, top players there. Um, you know, so we knew it was going to be a difficult, difficult game anyway, but on a one given game, it, it just go, it showed, obviously, after the event that, you know, on our, on our day, we could beat anyone. Um, so when the unfortunate incident with Tony Gale getting sent off after the, what, 25, 30 minutes, yeah. you know, we were, we were matching Nottingham for us, but I think, you know, when you've got a, a, some players like Keane, Walker, well, obviously, um, and Cluffy, um, when you go down to 10 men and you're at the division below them as well, mm-hmm. very difficult so early on to, uh, to stay in the game, really. Um, we, had, we had a go. I, mean, I know Georgie Paris hit the post. I hit the post. Yeah. I think it was yeah. nil-nil, maybe one-nil. Um, but, you know, it was, it was a tough, tough, tough arse when you went down 10 to 10 men so early in the game. Um, you can't really sort of keep, keep on and, and keep on their tails, really. So it was inevitable at the end that they scored more goals. But the atmosphere, I know you were going to say the atmosphere of the West Ham fans, and that's why they are so special, the fans. That whole second half or when Tony Gale got sent off, you know, Billy Bond's Claret Blue Army. And I can even remember after the game when we got beat 4-0, Brian Clough applauding the West Ham fans. I don't think he's ever seen that in, in all his time in football, that the supporters, though we would get 4-0 in the semi-final, were just unbelievable. The atmosphere was just incredible. Yeah. And, you know, I get a bit of goosebumps now because what, what if, what if? I know I'm not. If you know that that sending off was so harsh, even to this day, you know people would look at that. And if it was a sending off now, you know it would definitely be. Hang on a minute, 
you know. You'd go, go to VAR. To VAR. Yeah, yeah. VAR, no chance. No chance. Um, and that, that sort of robbed, you know, everyone. When you look back at your career and when you look, you know, how hard it is to be a pro footballer. Mm. How hard. The sacrifices that you have to be to be a pro footballer. The sacrifices to get into the first team. The sacrifices that you have to stay into the first team. The sacrifices to be in a winning side and the sacrifices to get to a semi-final of a FA Cup, the biggest cup competition in the world. And for one decision and one person to make that decision to, you know, so early on in the game, you know, you work so hard and that was the only opportunity that most of us had in our career to get to a Wembley final and to make some history for the club. You know, for that decision to be robbed of us, yes, we had probably... Uh, 60 minutes to, to retrieve the game when Gailey got sent off or maybe less than that but you know as I said it was a hard ask when you're playing against the top side you need to be fairly matched and you know you, you know, just it, it was a privilege to play in the semi-final don't get me sure. wrong yeah, yeah. but you look back and you go God, there the, the memories and and the fans that day were just incredible but yeah. you know the the, the the, the sacrifices that you make to become a footballer, to get yeah. to that level, to, to have that decision taken away from you, um, from, you know, a poor decision. And we all, even now, we say it's a poor decision. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's my what ifs, but, you know, that was, yeah. but it was a fantastic occasion. It was an amazing occasion, amazing fans. And, um, you know, it'll always live with me for the rest of my life and of like it will for a lot of West Ham fans that would yeah. be out the day. On the... It was, yeah, definitely. Incredible. I remember speaking to, I remember speaking to, I think we spoke to Gailey and a few others and, and it, it was almost like a, sen- a slight embarrassment because obviously there was like, we, we pitched, yeah, we pitch invaded at four, losing 4 0. We invaded the pitch and you're on, on the shoulders and it's just, yeah, it's just being a West, it's just West Ham, you know, we're used to that, yeah. you know, it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's never easy, is it, with West Ham? It's no. always got a story and it's always got a drama with it, really. It's always, always a reason. A yeah, there's always <laughs> a reason why something hasn't worked out, you know, and it's usually yeah. something we can we can blame. And obviously we could blame yeah. Keith Hackett there. And um, but yeah, no, it's do you know what? That makes perfect sense to you what you're saying, you know, in terms of sacrifices to get you to that, you know, that 90 minutes and playing in the biggest game of your career ever. Um and just mm-hmm. one decision, yeah. you, I, you know, I, to be fair, I don't, it's, and that's why I love interviewing like guys like yourselves and, you know, interviewed guys who have been in playoff finals and things like that, because I don't think of it from the footballer's perspective. Do you know, I'm quite selfish. Yeah. I think from the fans' perspective. Yeah. Well, you well, guys professionally. Well, funny you should say that, Russ. I'm just thinking about you guys as well there, obviously, the fans at the time, because I'm a fan now. The sacrifices yeah. that you had to do that day, you know, good money getting up there, buying a ticket, you know, obviously, and to have that robbed for yourselves as well, to have a Wembley opportunity as well. You know, so it's the whole family, really. You look at that and you go, God, what if, what if, you know, we spent good money going up there and obviously it was robbed because, you know, a decision like that. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but that's that, that's what happens in life, and that's what happens in football, really, doesn't it? That happens in football. I mean, that's, you know, that's the whole reason why VAR came in, you know, to sort of stop these things. Although it, as it's done more harm than good, I'd say, in my opinion. But it's to stop those things happening like that. And um, 
that sort of change a game on the yeah. sixpence. And uh, uh, anyway, let's yeah. let's move on. I let's mean, move my, my on. Let's move... Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Move on. Let's move on. Let's talk about happier times. Um, let, let's talk about your Hammers Eleven, Stu. So, as I say, um, you know, everyone we've had on the channel, we've asked them to do an eleven. So, whether it's the fans doing their eleven, their favourite players, or whatever, or from the players' perspective, an eleven of the players they played with. So that's what we do. With you. So obviously, you played five five years, at, you know, at West Ham. Um, you know, technically, I I might even allow you because you trained with the first team when you were 14 as well so if there's anyone you want to throw in there i might allow allow that because i think it's fair enough um but yeah. an 11 of the play that's it so um be quite interesting yeah. i think because it's sort of my era as well so um let's yeah. start off in goal i think in goal is probably the easiest one for you i'd hope will you say that russ <laughs> i was so lucky to play with parksy and ludo yes Good point. Um, the only thing is, I only had a couple of games with Parksy, but I had a lot of my games with Ludo. Yeah. So I've got pictures of Parksy, um, and we all know what an incredible goalkeeper he was. Fantastic goalkeeper. So I can remember the game. I mean, I, I know it's a quick, short one, but it was at Charlton um, where I scored my first goal, and Parksy was 37-38, and we won 1-0, and it was at... Um, yeah, Crystal Palace, when Charlton weren't at the um, at their stadium at the Valley. Yeah. Wardy got, I think Mark Ward got sent off and Parksy was just unbelievable. And we won the game 1-0 and I scored the goal, winning a goal. But he got all the headlines and he was 37 and he was just incredible. I didn't play too many games with Phil Parks no. at the time, but I saw what he, he did and he was incredible. But so if I could have, I mean, I played most of my games with Ludo. I room with Ludo to start with as well. And I saw... What an incredible goalkeeper he was! Yeah, for most of my games at West Ham. Yes. So I would put Ludo only purely on the fact that I played a lot more games with him yeah. than Phil Parks. Yeah, is that a surprise to you? Is that a, is that a surprise to you, Russ? Or was that the one that you were thinking I was going to choose? That's that's the one I was thinking you were going to choose. To be perfectly yeah, honest, but yeah. I didn't. But then part of me didn't think about the 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 early years of your career, so to speak, with, with Parksy. But yeah, and yeah. I didn't know about it, that you roomed with Ludo as well. That must have been because he's a quiet man, old Ludo. He's bless him, isn't he? Ludo, my goodness, we you all see him, and he's got a bit of a Cockney accent a little bit now. Yeah. I mean, after all these years, but we um we roomed because I was a young boy and he was the new boy, and he had his uh vocabulary from English to Czechoslovakia <laughs> and even to pronounce the words the were difficult for Ludo because he was going to and I was going, trying to say the the to him so for what he achieved and what he did and how he became an absolute hero for West Ham was you know fair play to him fair play great to person him. both yeah. great people they're, they're great people Ludo and but, yeah Parksy. yeah definitely stunning definitely. people brilliant uh, people great yeah. good people yeah, and obviously Parks, he's just turns he turned seventy during lockdown, didn't he? Bless him. So yeah, um, can't believe it. Yeah. Can't believe it. Tom. I know, no one can believe I'm... it. Yeah, and he grew his hair back oh. as well for the past. Is he? He's, yeah, he Did grew he? his mullet back. Yeah, we've had we had Marie on um, his his daughter um, on the channel, and uh, yeah, he grew it back for his seventieth through all the pictures and stuff. Ah, oh, brilliant! Ah, oh, what a guy! What a guy! What a guy! Yeah. Gentle all right, gentle. okay. Let's go. Um, are we going to play four at the back, Stu? 
Yeah, I think I'm going to have to go for the back. I think, yeah, I'm not okay. very good with the sweeper system. I don't think all the three in the back. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the thing. Since I've been doing this channel, obviously, I've only known sort of relatively modern formations. And I'm interviewing, like, I don't know, Jeff Pike and even before then, you know, like Patsy and stuff like that. And they're playing left offs, you know. I, I <laughs> fucking have a clue at left off. Yeah, know? exactly. I know. Yeah. Yeah, Brilliant. All right, let's go this left can, back. Yeah. Let's go left back. I know yeah. left back. Who's going to be left back for you? Yeah, left back's going to be left back's going to be an easy choice for me. You know, it's yeah. obviously Julian Dix. Yeah. Julian Dix, um, without doubt, he he gave me the freedom to play when I played wide left. I mean, initially sure. I was up there as a striker. Yeah, but he was brilliant for me because all he he said to me, look, if you can help out tracking back help out he said but i want you doing your stuff going forward he said but yeah. really if i'm a defender here, if i can't do deal one-on-one -on -one most of the time he said i shouldn't be here so he enabled me to have energy going forward and taking players on and then it uh, you know it come by me so an overlap so i'd either use it on me so he was just incredible he just gave me the freedom going of it you know most left backs most fullbacks or center ass want protection of course he wanted protection, yeah. but he knew, you know, that's that was quite hard work for a, a wide player in those days because you had to track massively. You know, you had to be, a, but he, he just realised that, you know, my, my stuff was going forward and that was my attribute. I was a forward player, centre forward when I initially came. So he knew it weren't natural to me. And I said, I'll do a job as much as I can. But, so he yeah. was just brilliant for me. And what, what, you know, what a character, what a leader, yeah. Uh, yeah. crazy guy, crazy guy as well. But yeah, brilliant. Top bloke. And to be how many years? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. A few, a few, you know, off the top of my head. But obviously for you, Stu, did you did you prefer playing up front or did you prefer playing the left wing? Preferred up front all day long. Mm. And I think that's where you know, I, I I came to a crisis really with my career because wide left, you have to rely on people giving you the ball. Up front, I could go short, yeah. in behind, sure. drift right, drift left. Um mm. And I know that you've got to be judged on your goals. And I think my goals is one in three for a young lad. It wasn't too bad at the time, but I think they wanted me to score more goals. But at the time when um, I got pushed to the left, uh, the uh, famous 6-0 loss at Oldham, Valentine's Massacre and League Cup semi-final, Billy was manager of the second leg and said, look, we've got to go for it. We're 6-0 down. I want to play you in behind the front two. So I said, yeah, okay, cool, no problem. He said, I've got to go for it. So we ended up winning 3-0. We hit the bar, hit the yeah. post. We all played fantastically well. The two forward players at the time scored goals. So next game, Bills pulled me and just said, look, Stu, do us a favour. He said, play a little bit left and drift in. He said, I'm not going to play that system no more. But he says, um, you know, I think you'll do all right there. And obviously, two strikes. And we, I played that game again and so did the strikes. And it was a winning form, mate. Formula, but over time I realised I was, you know, I had to rely on people giving me the ball a lot of the time. Yeah. Uh, so if the ball was on the right hand side, I couldn't really get in involved in the game. Whereas if I was a striker, I could get involved in the game wherever it was. So um, sure. yeah, that was the bit of my frustration for my throughout my career. That you know, but yeah. um, being a sort of a, a little bit of a coach now, what I do now, you, I can understand people, managers at the time, getting the best out yeah. of their players. Yeah, totally. All right, okay. All right, so I put Julian in. <laughs> All right, he's going to go right back. Let's go the other side. He's going to go right back for you, man. 
Ray Stewart. I had a so Ray. I played a little bit with Ray as well, like I did with Parksy, but yeah, it was a bit of a toss up. But Ray, once again, Russ, where we were talking about a family community. When I was a young boy coming through, he was Ronnie Gower's good friend. Ronnie Gower was a chief scout with Eddie yeah. Bailey at West Ham. Ray Stewart, when I was playing for Langham Lions at fourteen and fifteen, would give up a Sunday to come and watch me. Ronnie Gower come and watch him. So he would come and watch me and saw, oh, there, this boy's got unbelievable potential. When I came to the ground, when I joined a 16-year-old, he saw things in me and he took, he took a shine to me, you know, and just said, you're going to be the player. And I can remember him telling me, give me good advice, um, you know, just, you know, though people say you're smart, just believe in yourself. You know, you've got a fantastic yeah. ability. He would just take, I mean, most players did, but he to take a Sunday morning off and he'd yeah. always speak to me. And then in magazines, he would say, you know, when I was 15 and 16, who's the hottest prospect? He'd, he'd name me. He had such belief in me. And you go, hang on, this is a first team player. I'm 15, 16 years of age. Yeah. He's saying these things. Um, and he, you know, he just looked out for me massively. So, but what a good player as well. What a good yeah. player. You know, he was strong, mentally tough. Obviously scored the penalties, you know. I bet he was hard as nails, you know. He was a proper, proper player, proper yeah. person. Brilliant guy. He was. No and, he, and, he, and, you know, obviously he spoke a lot to you and hopefully you understood what he said most of the time. Yes, <laughs> I did. Yes, I had a bit of Scottish uh, heritage, <laughs> but, yeah, a lot of the Good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a brief phone conversation with him about coming on the channel and he's, we're going to do it when we can go back and he doesn't like all this zoom stuff. He was saying, and we must've spoke for about an hour and a half, but I, to be honest, I barely remembered anything. He said. <laughs> 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. You got right, slow down a little bit. Slow down. But, yeah. Right. Right. What in those days, so you're talking in the early 80s, you've got a, yeah. a first team player, a Scottish international, a yeah. highly regarded, taking time out to go and watch a young lad play okay. Sunday football. You know, not just around the corner, you know, it was probably half 45 minutes to an hour away from. He's gone, given up his Sunday and, you know, and watched me and then followed me all the way through and looked out for yeah. me. Brilliant. Well, it's, it's incredible and it just shows how, you know, how much they're dedicated towards nurturing the kids you know and nurturing the youth i mean you know now obviously as i said we do a few of the under 23 games at the, at the london stadium and we did a couple at upton park as well and there's only one manager i've seen at all of them mr moyes mr moyes Brilliant. never saw never saw Brilliant. slab never saw never saw pellegrini at them but i always saw david mm -hmm. moyes there and and alan irvine Brilliant. and Piers. and it and hopefully you know it will just it will keep it going yeah. it seems there's a bit more of a Old school mentality you know, about it now. Well, you don't forget this, you know, Russ. And I no. tell Ray every time I see him, I never forget what you did for me when I was a young kid. You know, yeah. those small things that you did for me, never forget. And I'm so grateful, no. really grateful. Of course. Right, let's move yeah. into centre half. Who's your first centre half then, Stuart? I think it's got to be Alvin Martin. Yeah. A proper player, a good, great defender, a proper person. But a leader as well, a big, big yeah. leader. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you could find this out. Right? I don't know if I played with Billy Bonds because obviously he would remind me as close to Billy Bonds as 
yeah. you know, I know I, well, I got managed by him and coached by Bill. Bill was my mentor, but I don't know if I... So I could only imagine how Alvin was. He was West Ham through and through, albeit the Scouse accent. Um, but he moved down here at 17. Um, and he was a West Ham through and through. And, yeah. you know, he'd put his head through, heart and sleeve. He was just a winner. And he yeah, yeah. at high standards. And, you know, when you're a young young player, you know, he'd let you know the standards, but fair, but honest and good. Yeah. But if you didn't, he'd let you know. And that's what he wanted. But a good player, Alf was, and a good, yeah. a good person, yeah. That's what you want, yeah. Yeah. So Definitely. yeah, that was. And I think that was. And I think also about about the point about if you played with Bill, that's a great thing about this channel because as I said, we've got five thousand subscribers, uh, hundreds of people, what thousands of people watch it. So someone will reply if you have or haven't, and and I'll let you I know. I don't think I did. I, I don't think you did. Think I did. Did. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but I had a lot of time ago. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Bill Who's Alvin going to? Yeah. Yeah. Bill would definitely be. Yeah. Alvin. So. <sighs> I've got a little bit of a dilemma because obviously Alvin's partnership with Gailey was quality. Yeah. It was quality. But at the same time, I grew, though he was a couple of years older than me, um, I grew up this lad, Steve Potsy, Potsy. Potsy was just amazing centre half. Albeit people say he was small. You know, normally it'd be in my back, but Ray was in my right back. But Potsy was just, I mean, Another West Ham legend, seven all time, is it? Um, record. That, yeah. So, but I tell you what, he was small, stocky, but he could win. But, but you couldn't get the better of him. He, he was just. Uh, but his, it was his personality. He was calm, cool, collective. Never, nothing, never really phased him. But what a, an understanding! What a great reader of the game! What a great pass of the game! You know, and to play those games, the amount of games that he did for West Ham, you you're not, you know, you can't be a fool. You can't be a mate. You know, he was definitely a top defender. So if we uh, if we got if we got if we got beat at weekend and we got beat quite heavily, John John or Billy Brown, John Lyle at the time, it would have been man to man keep ball. No one would really want to go with me because of my um, I would just run the ball and run and run and run. But the person that I probably wouldn't want to be with would have been Steve Potts because, really? you know, I could, probably couldn't get the better of him. Yeah, Potts, yeah. he was sharp, quick, bright, you know, Brilliant. quite aggressive when he needed to be. They were so small. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I've broken the pot of the Gailey and Alvin Martin. I mean, Gailey yeah, would be up there as well. But, yeah. It's your 11, but, um, Stu. You do whatever you want, man. Potts, I would, I would worry about a bit about the height, but... Um, you got Alvin there. You got Alvin. He would normally be me right but, but ratio. But yeah, so Potsy for me, yeah. All right. Cool. Let's go to mid all right, nice one. And, and I think actually you're right. I think when he you know, he was for me, I always remember Steve Potts as being a centre half, you know, particularly afterwards yeah. when obviously Breaker came into the team at right back, he was centre half. He was a, in, in my sort of Early years of yeah. West Ham fan, he was yeah, I loved the man. Um, right, let's go into midfield then. We're going to play sort of just a straight four in midfield. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we'll keep it simple. I mean, cool. I I like formations, but yeah, we, when we played, it was a sort of four four two. So we'll keep it okay. four four two. Yes, that's good. If we can, who are we going to have? Who will have on the left? Who's going to be on the left wing? 
I'm going to put me mate, well, my, obviously my mentor, Liam Brady out there. I'll yeah. play with him, Brady. Um, because obviously there's other two players I want to put in, in the centre <laughs> midfield. But um, Liam Brady, what a, you know, privilege. I think that's my biggest honour in football. That Liam Brady had played with the highest, best players in the world. Yeah. Obviously in Italy, because Italy was the strongest league at the time when he played there and he played for Juventus and um, Sampdoria, I think, or wherever. And he was over there seven years and he was one of the most successful um, players. Um, and to wear the number 10 shirt at Juventus, you know, after him, he said, after when he played and he won the title for him, Platini took his number 10 jersey. That's why he had to move on. Yeah. So you're talking world-class players. Yeah. So for him to play with me for three years and want to be my mentor when he was a player, he saw the ability that in me, training-wise, playing-wise, and he got to a stage where he even went in on my behalf as a player, which will be never heard of because I was on minimal money and I was in the first team. And he's going, hang on a minute, you can't be on that sort of money. No. Yeah. He said, I'm going to go in for you. So he went in for me and said, Stuart's player, best player at the, at the club at the minute. And you've got people on 20 times, 30, 40 times. He's on £100 a week. You've got to give him more. So he yeah. went in and got me money, uh, more money. And then a year later, did the same again. So for somebody with that calibre, that experience, that you know, world-class player, yeah. then to want me and offer three million for me, Set when he was Celtic manager, yeah, of course, you know, to put in any player that he could have in the world, he wanted me more than anybody else, you know, and he played with the top people, top, top players. I must have made an impact in him, so he was a brilliant player. I just looked up to him, you know, what he could do. I mean, we were lucky that we had, we had him at 31, what he would yeah. have been, he was magnificent then, what he would have been like when he was um, younger. You know, would have been obviously Dev would have been, but I, I'm not sure if I played with Dev. No, Dev would have been on my did, left. Yeah. Right. So once again, I mean, Devonshire, I watched him, and he was, yeah. and I only watched him after his knee. I didn't see, um, you know, when he no. had his ACL done. I didn't see him. I've only got clippings of him. He was an amazing player, and he would be in my all time if I played with him. Definitely, without a yeah. doubt. Still not sure if I played with him. <laughs> I know. So yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm trying to change it up a little bit because I know in that era, you know, you got that '85 team, '86 team sort of thing, and and probably be like, you know, so yeah, I'm just making people aware that there were some decent players out there as well that we played Definitely. with. Definitely, and that's the idea because it's your era, people you've played with, and that's why I like putting that sort of. So even for the fans, for the fans. They're, when they're giving their 11s, it's based on players that they were alive to see. So obviously for me, I would always, if they put my dream West Ham 11, it would be Bobby Moore, it would be Bonds, it would be yes. Brookin. But I never saw any of them. You know, I saw... Yeah. I saw Gary Breen and I saw, you know, you know, so I didn't have, I wasn't blessed. I saw, you know, so it means you have different he reference points. Yeah. <laughs> well, but, yes, you know, yes. obviously, obviously forget, having, yeah. having signed Craig Dawson yesterday on loan, you know, it's like, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, all that everyone's talking about all Gary Breen and Roger Johnson. And it's like, poor, poor Craig. I feel sorry for the man. <laughs> Bless him. Um, I think he'd do well. 
I think he'll do it. He's got more experience. Do a job. More Premier League than yeah. all of our back three put together. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. do a job. On yeah. loan, I think no it's brainer. a bit true. No brainer. Nah. Yeah. No, no brainer. No brainer. No yeah. brainer. Right, okay. Liam's Liam's on the right. On the left, rather. Who's going to be on the right? Who's going to be on the right wing? And you can also pick yourself <laughs> as well, Stu. I'm just going to mention that. Oh, no, I can't pick myself. Never pick myself. <laughs> that was a problem. <laughs> um, another one. It's a... It's said I've got two names here, Mark Ward and Kevin Keane. Yeah. So different, Wardy, Pacey, great delivery, diagonal balls, fiery, feisty, um, gets the crowd going. Kevin Keane, oh my goodness, Kevin Keane, Kevin Keane, the most underrated player that I think I might have uh, heard about. I mean, because he never got the pl- He was such no. a talented player, skillful player. He didn't need left foot, right foot, outside the foot, inside the foot. He was just, you know, had he had another half a yard of pace, he would have been an England player. Um, Another half. His vision, his knowledge, his character, his discipline. Um, He he did have the aggression. You didn't want to upset Keeney. Um, But in a -a five-a-side, you want to be on his team, him and Deb's team all the time when we were playing. But Keeney, definitely. Five-a-side. I think, you know... We were all saying it'd be me, Kevin Keane, uh, obviously Dev, and all that. That was the sort of five aside. That was the dream five aside. Keeney, everyone would want him in your side. So his technique, his ability, the blindside passes, the way to pass, the delivery. So I'm, I think I'm going to go with Keeney rather than Wardy because obviously yep. I grew up and played a lot more with Kev again. And I think, you know, isn't it, I think it was his foot in football intelligence, but he could back it up with the ability as well. His skills were just incredible. The one-twos, the little blindside runs, just a proper West Ham play would have been. But I think he didn't get the recognition. I think a lot of people recognise he was a good player, but he, he was a top player and he played two hundred over 200 games for the club. So, um, um, and also, um, you know, if I think he just had that extra half a year, he would have been an England player. England sure. player. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a great that. guy. Good character. Yeah, Good character, and obviously yeah. under-18 coach at the moment. I think he's been... He, I think we worked it out when I interviewed him. Um, I think he's been every coaching position you can be at West Ham. I think, <laughs> apart from, apart from yeah. kit man. He's done it all. Yeah. He's obviously... Been, he was caretaker we manager twice. As, we, yeah, we you? started together in our journey at the club coaching. I took the under-10s, he took the under-17s, and we're going back in 2000, I think, just before 2000, 20 years ago. I think 20 years ago, Kev would have been, 30, yeah, just retiring. I was just sort of coming out of, um, I was still playing, but I was still doing a bit of coaching. I went into part-time, really, because of my injuries. Yeah. So we signed, yeah, I think 20 years ago, 20-odd years ago. He started with 17s, full-time. I started with the under-10s, with under Tony Carr. So, yeah, it was a good learning curve that we had. Yeah. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant, and it's nice that you know we've interviewed obviously Kevin, we've interviewed um, Zavon, Paul Konchesky, and and obviously you know every year group there has a West Ham player assigned to now, and that's that's brilliant, that's brilliant, mm-hmm. so good, right? Yeah, it's yeah, so yeah, it's. I'm Let's looking at my and... sheet here. I mean, obviously. Yeah. Go on then. Go on. Then. You look at your sheet. Who's next on your sheet then, Stu? <laughs> You're getting worried, I can it, tell. It, 
No, it's, it's, it's looking like I'm going through the academy. People that have come through the academy that have come through with me. But, my goodness, if no one puts this guy in, well, I saw him first hand because I was apprenticed with him. But, I mean, the controversy that he had at the club, Paul Lintz, you know. Yeah. You know, it was just incredible. I grew up with him when I was 12, 13, like Potsy did and Kev did, Kevin Keane and, and a few others. Um the boy had everything. Inti had everything. You know. Yeah. I mean, you don't play fifty times for your country, and then you can't put him in the West Ham team because of the no. way he. he um, um, my goodness, yeah. I know I won't be popular with the West Ham fans there, but um, he was a West Ham boy. He was a local yeah. lad. We got reasonable, good money for him, but badly advised. And um, you know, I think had John Lyle. John Lyle looked after him in a way that you know protected him. John Lyle left, and when he left, obviously, he didn't have that sort of, you know, because he's got to John, and, and he'd have that protection of going, hang on a minute, there's a way of leaving the club. No mm. one gave that, you know, um, advice at the time. Um, so that 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 clouds everything for him, like it does with that Frank Lampard and all that. But NC Paul, it's to play 50 times, to play United, Liverpool, Milan, well, oh, he had he had everything. So yeah. he was renowned as a ball, as a getting the ball back really, and you know working on the amount of ability that that boy had. You know he, yeah. he was skillful. He could have a pass. He was tenacious. He could box the box. Yeah. You know, um, my goodness. You know, so I grew up with him in the in the youth team, and we were very fortunate. He was second year, I was the first year, but we had boys coming through like we did at that time. But Paul Lynch. Yeah. Went for big money. I went for reasonable money, you know. Two in two seasons. Now, God, dear, if you can get one every so often now is... But we were getting exactly. that, you know, that conveyor belt. Tony Carr yeah. and John Lyle and Mick McGivern and Boise producing players, producing players. And we got an opportunity. Yeah. I, I must admit, we got an opportunity, whereas the boys probably don't get as much opportunity now because of the, the, the money in the game. But mm-hmm. West Ham never really had too much money. Um, so they had yeah. to keep producing players and maybe selling them on. Yeah. And uh, we got the opportunity through that. But, you know, it just goes to prove, Russ, that if you, you're given a chance, like all the boys were, you're good enough. You, yeah. you, you're either going to sink or swim. Definitely. And a lot of us Definitely. swam, swam, you know. So NC. <laughs> yeah. NC. That's no, great shout. Great shout, man. And shout. another one, another one, Russ. Yeah, afraid it's another academy boy. Once again, I think he's on the ilk like um, Kevin Keane. Alan Dickens never oh. ever got, never ever got the rick. He was going to be the new no. Trevor Brookin. Yeah, but oh my goodness! Once again, five aside, he was a tall guy. Dick, I was a tall fella, um, but five aside, he was just incredible. Kept the yeah. ball, retained the ball, skillful, um, box to box. John tried, John Lyle tried to get a little bit more aggression in because nice man. And you know, don't get me wrong, he has got that side to him, Al, but it was silky smooth. Um, you know, you can see my midfield is full of talented players, you know, yeah. albeit Incy could dig a little bit, Keeney would have, you know, but flair players, he was a flair player. Um, yeah. And once again, Russ, you're talking about a nice man. This yeah. guy was three or four years older than me. And when after a game in, a, you know, 
we'd have to do the change rooms and he called me over or call anybody over this sort of guy so he was 18 years of age 19 years of age playing in the team young lad he is playing in the first team we're sweeping up the dressing rooms he'll say come over come sit with me for a minute and we're like we can't sit because if we sit down we're going to get told off we've got to clean the dress. He, said, no. he said how do you think i did today what do you think i could have done he was asking we can he's asking us questions about how he thought he did and what he think he could have improved on and you know and you can't any first team player at that time asking you what you thought about you know he was just such a humble guy nice guy um and you know knowledgeable he was a knowledgeable but he wanted people's opinion um how he played and very very underrated again very underrated but very skillful played over 200 games for West Ham (laughs) through the ranks so you're looking at Keeney 200 games um uh, Alan Dickens 200 games you're talking uh, Potsy 200 games um, NC I don't know how many NC played but you're talking five players that came through the ranks there that yeah. have played nearly 200 games that's unheard yeah. of so you yeah. can't be you can't be uh, okay. you know you've got to be decent they're decent players yeah for me yeah, yeah, yeah. and across the club and that that's the thing that's, people don't realise these players have cost the club nothing, only wages. Yeah. And they got yeah. money for Dick nearly 650. I think Keeney got 650, NC million, Potsy 500 pounds. You know, they cost the club nothing. Yeah. So they got a lot out of the club, and the club got a lot out, but they also got money for them. Yeah, totally. You know? Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And all of those people, grounded, grounded, nice, good characters that you're going on it would. We'll put a shift um, in good people. Yeah, and that's what we. That's and that's what it's all about, isn't it? Just like as I said, West Ham fans. As long as you put a shift in, you know, if if it's not our fault, you know, it's not your fault. If if a player's not not very quick or whatever, as long as they put in their shirt on and they have a good go and they put their shift in, that's what West Ham fans want, isn't it? It's not. Yeah, not hard. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. No. Go yes. on, from. Oh front. dear! So this is because I started up front. I mean, I played with players. Yeah. So, for, for, um, I think I have to be frank. Though I didn't have a lot of time with Frank. Yeah, he was injured. Um, so eighty-five, I sort of came in and when he left to go to Celtic. But when he came back the second time, yeah. I only played a few games with him um, before he broke his leg. Um, Chris Kamara I played with him again up at Celtic, but yes. I could see what he did in the change room and I saw his first spell. So I played a part with him. So I would say I played with him. Brilliant. He was fantastic. You know, where, yeah. where you're talking, when I played wide, obviously when I was, and you'd realize now when I played wide at Celtic, you, he's, he was always there. You could always, he's always showing up. So you could always play a little wall pass with him, you know, or yeah. he'd make good movement. Um, you know, he could go in short, he'd go going long. Um, the character that he had, um, he played like that. He always played with a smile on his face and it was like, yeah. you know, this is a bit of fun, you know, and it, it, his results, you know, got that, you know, he's a crowd yeah. favourite at West End, crowd favourite, you know, idol at Silver, but he played it as if it was like fun, you know, and yeah. not a lot of people you know, could play like that. I love that. We all took yeah. it ser- serious. I mean, sure, Frank did, but he played with a smile on his face and 
he was always, you know, um, even now you look at Frank and he's got a smiling face. He's a happy go lucky yeah. person. Um, and he's got time for people, whoever you are. He does. Yeah. Um, got time for anybody really and makes you feel special. He does make you feel special. He, you know, you could be the tea essence, lady. Yes, 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 he did. We, we, we've had him on the channel and honestly i think we probably chatted for about two and a half hours and he was like he made me seem like we were best mates it was so bizarre yeah. um always yeah, playing yeah. fucking golf yeah always playing fucking golf though honestly i, know. I don't know how he does it i don't know how he does I, don't it. Know. I think he loved he didn't love golf when he was playing with us sort of thing. <laughs> i don't think he enjoyed it that much um but what a good player right he yeah. was a good player he was a top player but it was a unique where he could, you know, he could knit the play up where he come. He'd also go in behind. And he was aggressive. Yeah. And he was good in the air. Um, he, he'd score all sorts of goals. Headed goals, right foot goals, left foot goals, brave, you know. Um, and passionate. But yeah. happy-go-lucky as well. So he had the lot. He had the whole bundle. So I played I played with him. Um, so i got to make a pair. I don't know if I play, I, I I think I played with Tony Cotty. I think because yeah. without doubt, he was the best finisher that I've ever seen. Yeah. Tony Cotty. So he was a box player. But yeah. his technique, his technique in in and around the box or even outside the box, he had these big, big quads. But his right foot shot, my goodness. But he was clinical. Absolutely yeah. clinical. And he was bright. He was always on the move in the box. He was always one step by anybody else and rebounds, uh, anticipating where shots might go, where goalkeepers might save it. Um, he was just clinical. Best finisher I've ever, ever played with or seen. Yeah. I think I played with him. That's why, if it weren't, I'd have to put, put somebody else in there. But I think I did play a couple of games with him. Um, if yeah. not, I might have to change it. Hey, Russ, would I? <laughs> You're okay, and I mean, you must have. I mean, you must have trained with him as well in the first seat when you were like. I did train with him, yeah. I did train yeah. with him, and I saw what he did in in, in the shooting exercises. Shooting exercises, he he was yeah. just but best finisher I've ever seen. But the best volley, technique, volleying, and his record speaks for itself. Again, it goals. Yeah. I don't know any goals he got. West Ham. Um, he was better than. Oh, I think, I think Stuart's. There we go. Stu, there is. There is. Tell, tell, tell your mum she can watch her soaps in a minute. We'll be, we'll keep going. Be done. In and out, rust, don't we? Eh? Yeah, we keep going. Sorry, yeah, no, I, I mean, I think, yeah, I can't see my mum again. I think she might be on the phone. Always done, always done, man. But you're right about TC. You know, loads of goals. It's sort of, as you said, the most natural finisher I think we've had at West Ham in my lifetime. That's for sure. Um, and uh, yeah, a nice bloke as well. And if you don't know how many goals he scores, I sure hell know that he would because he's he loves his stats as old TC. Yes, he does. Yeah. Yes, yes, he does. Yes, but yeah, look at that. I mean, there's a lot of homegrown talent in there there is yeah in that side that i've got there um yeah there is you know and uh you know that 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 was the beauty of west ham at the time when we were coming through yeah. all of us were come you know if you were good enough you know yeah you get an opportunities yeah definitely and that i'm forever grateful for that club and john Lahm 
and the people that were that gave me an opportunity because elsewhere we might not got that opportunity. No. But they believed every single one of those players there they can play, they can yeah. play the yeah. sort of West Ham way, Russ. So when people talk about the West Ham way, exciting, sharp, quick play, yeah. you know, entertaining play. Yeah, no, you might get beat five, four, three, but there weren't many boring games with that team. Nah, there's always a goal in them. In it, it was some you know good what football. I mean? There's always a goal. It was, or entertainment. There's some good passing. Yeah, or yeah, or, you know, but entertainment. Yeah, Stu, man, it's it's been lovely chatting to you. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Can't we be going for an hour? God dear, Jeez. have we seen so? Oh. <laughs> yeah. You've got to go back to work, have you? Right? Have you got to go back yeah, to work? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Time flies when you have fun. Um, it's still my lunch break. I'm always finished. But anyway, um, Stu, man, it's been an absolute pleasure. I really, really appreciate your time. So thank you very, very much, man. It's been lovely. Okay, Bruce. And obviously, thank you to no everyone problem. for listening. You're welcome, Russ. Everyone listening. Well. Thank you yeah. very much. Obviously, thank you to everyone for listening yeah. or watching. Um, give it a share. Give it a like on YouTube or Spotify, whatever. Um, and until next time, for me and Stu, take care, everyone. Stay safe. That's really important. Wash those hands. Um, come, you irons, and we'll see you again very, very soon. Take care, everyone. See you. Bye-bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.